The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle. We have a really special conversation today with another trailblazing innovator and fellow podcaster that many of you know on Twitter as Get Social Health. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Janet Kennedy, Director of Marketing and Digital Strategy and the host of Get Social Health podcast. Janet, welcome to the show. Hi, Joe. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Thanks so much for making the time. Before we start our discussion, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background? As a podcaster, it's really hard to open up and tell people about me because I'm so much more interested in everyone else. But I'm a marketer. I've been in the marketing field since almost my first job, which was actually in radio in the days when you actually had to use a razor blade to edit with. So I'm very happy to be able to edit my podcast in something else. But I've been in the B2B and B2C space. So I've worked with consumers. I've worked with businesses in marketing and got to the point where I really wanted to sort of go back to my roots and try a little bit of bringing my radio days back. Why don't you take a couple minutes now and provide our audience with a 10,000-foot overview of Get Social Health podcast. So as I mentioned, I was really interested in getting back to radio. And in these days, that means podcasting. And it's an incredible opportunity to get to know people. And I was very focused on the healthcare space. And as a marketer, I really wanted to know more about the movers and shakers in the healthcare field. And I wanted to know more about how my experience in marketing and social media applies in healthcare. And the fastest way to learn is by talking to people. And the way I could accelerate that was by starting a podcast and actually interviewing people. So if you go back to the beginning of Get Social Health, which launched in June of 2014, what you'll hear is kind of my transition of who did I need to learn from next? And I would invite guests on who actually could address a specific knowledge situation that I had. I wanted to learn about physician liaisons, so I invited Amanda Che of White Coat Designs. I wanted to learn what it was like for a physician to be an active social media user, I talked to Mike Sevilla. So it's fascinating how everyone has been so wonderful about sharing their knowledge with me and vicariously letting me come along for the ride. Janet, you weren't supposed to let our secret out here that we're actually (laughs) learning from our guests as we go. And I know you're an expert about social media. I'm going to make a, a value judgment here that you might not agree with, but I'll ask the question this way anyways. Why does healthcare have such a low adoption of social media? Honestly, I think it's because the folks that are institutionalized at the C-suite level who've been in healthcare for decades haven't adapted to the times. And right now they're struggling so much to adapt to other issues that are being laid on top of them that the idea of social media... I think appears maybe as something they don't have to put a lot of attention to. 
But we've seen such change in the last five years that finally what we're having are people waking up, not because they actually want to use it themselves, is because in essence it's being thrust upon them. Because the patients and the people in the local community are using social media and they are talking about healthcare in general and also in specific and most importantly as far as reviewing and checking in at local healthcare organizations and sharing information about their own health and the physicians that they work with and that they like and that they don't like. And I think that's been a huge wake-up call as healthcare from the individual practitioner up to the institutions are starting to go online and realize they're being talked about and it's really surprising them. Great. I know you have some great ideas on this next question. What can be done to improve the adoption of social media in healthcare? Well, it starts with an open heart and an open mind. And that's not always what we find really in any industry and in any organization. But in healthcare, it's probably more obvious because they have to be engaging in some way. I think the main thing is to show them that engaging isn't as scary or as unsafe as they think it is. One of the roadblocks mentally for folks engaging in healthcare is this fear of HIPAA, that I'm going to say something or one of my people are going to say something, so we can't engage in social media specifically. And the thing is, is there's never actually been a fine levied for a HIPAA breach in social media. I think everybody's so paranoid about it that they're actually very careful. And that's not to say that there haven't been some egregious things that have happened or some mistakes that physicians or healthcare practitioners have made then became the blow-up story of the week and may indeed tag someone for a few years in their career. But also, I think people can be very forgiving in social media and supportive. If you've got an honest apology for something that happened, people are willing to work with you. Great. Who can be reached via social media and healthcare? And then secondly, who must be reached via other channels? Well, for all intents and purposes, everyone can be reached in social media, even though there certainly are pockets of individuals who are not engaging in social media, chances are their family members are. And I don't want to paint too broad a brush and say, you know, seniors or boomers, because they're one of the fastest growing segments of users in Facebook and some of the online platforms. So you can't just say it's because you're low income or because you're a senior that you're not in social media, because that doesn't hold true. What I think will be the challenge is how do you take social and you integrate it into a full marketing or communication strategy, even if this has nothing to do with marketing or selling or getting new patients to come in, but say it's about communicating health messaging, digital has to be a part of what that messaging is, but there's always a place for traditional communication methods. You may need to mail someone something at their home. You may need to call them and ask them about a health visit. You may need to have printed materials. It's just that there's no one right answer and there's no one perfect communications method. You need to be aware of the group or market you're trying to reach and you need to be flexible and also have a basically a multi communications method in order to reach them. 
I agree with you. The social media properties, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, they're all just channels, right? And I think the important thing, and this is why I love podcasting, is creating good content. And then you can decide which channels are best or if all channels need to be used to distribute that good content. And really the problem is more budget than anything else. I think every business could successfully use every channel that's ever been invented. But the reality is you don't have the time or the resources or the people to support all those channels. So let's figure out which are the best channels and the most effective use of time, budget, and resources. Janet, what is a Get Social Health Academy? Well, one of the things that I learned in doing a lot of the interviews, particularly with physicians, is they were early adopters. They were people who saw the benefit of it, and when they started using social media, were amazed at the results that they got from being able to engage. However, they are still in the smaller percentage, in the minority of healthcare practices that are engaging in social And the challenge is that a lot of the practices, I mean, they're watching every dime. And if they're big enough, if they have enough physicians that they can justify having help, well, then they've hired someone in or they have an agency managing their social for them. But that leaves thousands of practices and individual practitioners trying to manage a social media presence or not even have a social media presence. And the main reason is because there's no one place they can go to to get social social media education that is coming from an aspect of HIPAA compliance and privacy awareness. So I felt that if I could take the information I've gained from my listeners, from my 25 plus years of marketing experience, from my social media use, and just the ability to curate a lot of content, I would create a series of courses so that the small practice would have access to up-to-date information on how to best use social media. So that's really what the Academy is. It's launching a series of online courses. I've been doing webinars for a couple of years for a variety of different sources, both medical societies, healthcare associations, for HIPAA compliance organizations and online training. And it just seemed like a one-hour webinar where you were using that fire hose of information at people was just overwhelming and not getting the job done. So that's why I decided to take that content, add a lot more content to it, and break it down into small course segments that are like maybe three minutes, five minutes, eight minutes, all built into a course that might have two hours of content, but it was all broken down so it's much easier to grab on the fly. It's also content that I wanted to make available for people who are pushed into a marketing or social media role that's not their safe space. In all probability, while a physician may decide to buy these courses, it's going to be the young person at the front desk who just graduated from college. And guess what? You know Facebook, so you're our social media manager. Or it's that poor 20-year management executive who's, you placed ads for our one ads and for our yellow pages, so you're now the digital marketing director. And they're like, what? So I wanted to create courses that broke everything down, that made it much simpler to use, but also understood the very unique way that healthcare has got to communicate in the social space. Great. Thank you for that. And I know I'm getting a chance to preview the Academy and enjoying the opportunity. Ask the next question 
kind of selfishly, what trade shows or conferences do you attend or feel that are valuable? Well, certainly I'd like to be attending more than I am. And there, for us as vendors, there are conferences that we want to attend because we want to reach out to potential clients or purchases of our product. And then there are conferences that we go to because we need to get our brain fed with new ideas. So from the healthcare standpoint, I just attended the North Carolina Academy of Family Physicians winter meeting, which was really wonderful to get right there on the street level with what are your issues and what are your concerns. I was able to present a program on social media for the North Carolina Medical Society as part of that meeting. And that was great being able to talk to the people who would actually use my products and services. So anytime I can get a chance to get face-to-face with physicians and healthcare providers, those conferences are great so you can feel their pain. From the standpoint of my learning more about the field that I'm in, both social media and healthcare social media, I have two go-to places. One is the Mayo Clinic Center for Social Media. They host a wonderful conference annually up in Rochester of healthcare social media folks. So again, I'm speaking to my colleagues who are actually in a healthcare environment. And then there are some folks such as like myself who are serving the healthcare environment. So that's really great to hear how marketing is being challenged and is using resources. Then from the standpoint of getting super cutting edge with what's coming down the pike in social media, I'm thrilled that I'm going to be attending the Social Media Marketing World Conference that's in April, I guess, this year. And it's out in San Diego, the home of the Social Media Examiner. About 3,000 social media professionals will be there. I think it's the largest social media conference. And really, everybody who's anybody who's got a following is speaking there. And it's going to be a massive brain dump of content. And so I'm really looking forward to that. Other than that, conferences like Shishmid or Chiprums, those are the acronyms about marketing societies for healthcare, any one of those excellent. And if I had my druthers, I'd probably have another dozen I'd love to go to. Good deal. I've been making careful notes. I'm at least going to try to attend one of those you mentioned this year, the Mayo Clinic one for sure. Excellent. One of the questions I like to ask people that are podcasting is, how do you listen to podcasts? It's an interesting thing. I'm not catching them as successful as I used to be because my office moved and I've gone from a 25-minute drive to about a 10-minute drive and it's killing my podcast consumption (laughs) because I used to catch a podcast on the way to work and a podcast home every day and now I'm catching uh, half of one here and another half over there. So I've actually had to sort of ramp up my car time because I'm listening almost exclusively in the car when I have all my attention well, on my driving and listening to podcasts. When I'm at work, I can't listen to podcasts because suddenly I find, oh, they've been talking for five minutes. I have no idea what they said because I've been focusing on other things. Even when I'm doing mindless tasks, obviously my brain won't turn off. And I don't listen at home because generally that's when I'm creating content. So it's the car for me and it's my iPhone. So when the app isn't working, that gets really frustrating. Absolutely. So you listen on your iPhone, on an app? Is there a specific app that you use? Well, I have used predominantly the podcast app that's built into the iPhone, but I've been getting a lot of episode not available messages, which is making me kind of nuts even when I've downloaded it. So I will pop over to Stitcher Radio and use that app. Occasionally, I'll pop over to Podbean because I know a couple of folks who host over there, and it's a little trickier to find them over in iTunes. So those are pretty much the three that are my go-to. 
good deal. I use Overcast and find that it works pretty well for me. And I probably use Overcast half the time, embedded iPhone podcast app. I can't tell you why I use one or the other. It just happens that way. You know, I'm thinking about getting an app for my show. I host with a company called Libsyn, and they will actually create an app for you. And so I'm debating about whether that's something I want to do myself just to make it easy on and off. That's probably more vanity than it is functionality. But still, sounds cool. I got an app. You got to go get it. That's right. What are some other podcasts that you listen to? Well, I'm very interested, of course, because I'm in social media. I want to stay up on all things that are happening in social media. So Social Media Examiner, for instance, has a couple of podcasts. I also listen to Pam Moore's Social Media Nuts. Pro Blogger has a fabulous podcast on blogging, which I can pretty much translate about 80% over to podcasting. And then for fun, my favorite one is Missed in History. It's just, I love history and they always do a nice job with interesting characters and stories you didn't quite know you knew coming up in history. And of course, I listen to the healthcare podcasters, the two other awesome podcasters that are part of our Blab Confederation. Uh, So Jared Johnson's podcast, the Health IT Marketer podcast, and Todd Urey's Pharmacy podcast, which I find fascinating because even though that's not my field or area of focus, I love getting the insight from other podcasters who are in a similar field and hearing the crossover and concern from their guests about the space that they're in. Absolutely. I drove back and forth to Atlanta this week, so it's a five-hour drive. I think I caught four or five episodes of your show I haven't caught before and three or four Todd's and three or four Jared's. So I would say that's 90% of the content I've been consuming the last month or so is You guys are just really fabulous. Oh, I definitely recommend you go get a couple of entertainment ones and break that up. (laughs) (laughs) I love podcasting and I love talking about business. I love talking about social media, but it's also entertainment. And I feel that hopefully on my podcast, the conversations are fun, even when we've been talking about some serious things, because social media and healthcare is about engaging and it should be social. And so things that aren't social, I'm like, why listen to them? So hopefully there's a little bit of that spirit there. But on the other hand, it's also entertaining. And I'm competing with national public radio. So there needs to be something fun and interesting about the conversations that we're having. And that's why I've got to break it up. Every now and then I'm like, whoa, I've been thinking about work, listening about work 24-7. Let's go catch some history or let's go catch something unique and different that takes me out of that space for a while. Yeah. One of the things I enjoy doing is finding a new podcast and binge listening. And the fun podcasts I listen to are Reply All and Startup by Gimlet Media. And then the big podcast with Shaq. I love that. John Kincaid, who is a friend of mine, is the co-host. And they do a great job and they're honest and they tell fun stories. I think it's just a really great show. I have to say there's very huge breadth of difference in podcasts from the two-minute, five-minute podcast to people who are on there for an hour and a half. And I have to say, I haven't yet to commit to an hour and a half podcast. I tend to be about 30 minutes or so is my sweet spot. And if you're longer than that, you'd need to be pretty darn engaging to help me hang in there. But I think that there are folks coming to podcasts as viewers and listeners who are choosing I don't need television tonight. 
I want to do other kinds, particularly those folks that are home and they're doing handiwork, handicrafts. It's bringing radio back into people's homes because radio, so much of it now is just canned syndicated content. And I don't want to listen to a morning show at nine o'clock at night, but I'd love to listen to a fun or challenging conversation. And where that's happening is in podcasting. I agree with you. Gina, what's next for Get Social Health? What can we expect new from you in 2016? I think I'm going to add some more segmentation to my show. So right now, my guests have been, hey, who am I interested in talking to today? Or I actually have gone through my wish list and said, oh, hey, I haven't talked to them. Let me reach out to them. And so I will continue to do that going forward. But because my courses are going to be focused much more on the small practice, I'm definitely going to be seeking out on a regular basis people that are actively involved in the tactical execution of successful social media. So I think you're going to be seeing more conversations with, say, for instance, the the person who managed the Facebook page for the Cleveland Clinic, they're on my wish list. Or I'm going to be talking to a physician who manages their own YouTube channel and how they produce content for it. So I definitely plan to be getting into some tactical execution and active success stories in the use of social media to promote a practice or a health issue. I also want to do a little bit more with some nonprofits. There are a lot of health nonprofits in our space that could use some exposure that people need to know about. So I I think we're going to be seeing some more guests like that. Perfect. Janet, as we wrap up here, before I let you go, where can people go to learn more about you and the great stuff you're doing at Get Social Health? Well, I actually have two websites for the podcast and my guests, you can visit GetSocialHealth.com, which is also my Twitter handle. If you'd like to learn more about the courses, it's GetSocialHealthAcademy.com. And I am very interested in the kind of information folks would like to have for a future course. So check it out. And if you see something or you don't see something you'd like to have, for instance, a BYOD, a Bring Your Own Device course, I have a series of about 10 things I'm going to produce next year and the priority of the order in which they're going to be produced are by requests. So if you've got an interest in a particular course, I'd love to hear about it. You can, of course, reach me on Twitter or my email is Janet at GetSocialHealth.com. Great. We're going to put some links in our show notes. What I'd ask the audience to do is send the links to your friend and tell them how great a show Janet has and to subscribe and start listening to Get Social Health. Janet, it was so great to have you. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. Joe, a great pleasure as always, and I look forward to blabbing with you every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time. That's right. Thank you so much. That wraps this broadcast on behalf of our guest, Janet Kennedy. I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.